this too i got the same thing you got uh, you do it's brutal dude i don't know what the heck's going on corona it's a coronavirus it got me i'm scared i'm scared that it, that's really what it is oh man well we're let's see you were traveling last weekend was it well it's, i've been done done a lot of traveling <laughs> yeah you're screwed you got it somewhere from somewhere I didn't get a fever though, so I think with the coronavirus you get like this fever that's really high. So. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten that. Ah, you're good. There. Safe. I just solved it. We We're don't have coronavirus. Whew, thank God. We're all good. We're all good. Spray some Lysol and inhale when you spray it. Just inhale. Throw some it. Windex. Yeah, a little Windex Put on you. Windex. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. The thing's a little scary though. It is very scary. <clears throat> but you know what? It seems like every, you know, every couple of years there's something that just. Yeah. What was it? Just a, a year ago or so, the Ebola. And everybody was freaking yeah. out about that. We're going to be bleeding from our eyes. <laughs> I was doing that watching the Super Bowl. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Super Bowl. Not the outcome I wanted. I was uh, I wanted to see Jimmy G get a Super Bowl. That would have been his third Super Bowl. Yeah, but one that he competed in. Right. I wanted to see him get it as a starter. But what are you going to do? Kirby's, um, you know, uh, we checked in on him to make sure he was all right. Still, he's, he's still around. So he's 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 you know. It's tough, like you said, being a sports fan this day and age with social media. It's horrible. Terrible. Yeah, it's because as a fan, you want to, um, is it like, you want to express and display your loyalty. And then all everybody else does is they see that as a sign of, okay, now it's on when this guy's team loses. Right. I'm all I'm all over him. <laughs> and um that's exactly what happens. Yeah, and you and you find yourself rooting for your team so you don't become, you know, you the don't get a meme. Yeah, you don't want to get attacked by all these people and then see all the memes that come out and you're just like you're 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 praying your you know, cuz the social media out there is just crazy. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's really tough. I'm glad that uh, um, <laughs> you know I, I'm glad that the only real team I ever lived and died with was that Bulls Bulls years and with Jordan and I'm so glad it's over that I don't have to deal with any of that anymore. <laughs> it was bad enough back then. I couldn't imagine what it was like now. Yeah, but back so, then it was yeah. just you, you run into people that you know and they would just rib you about it. Now it's like. Yeah, it's, it's you're seeing it all the time. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that that's <clears throat> over with. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Pre, pre-social media. You know what? <clears throat> 
does kind of disappoint me, though, is when I look at uh, there's some things that come up on YouTube and it and I don't know if it's just the certain, you know, videos that people put up or what's what's able to be used for them. But even video from the 90s looks crappy now on YouTube. Absolutely. And it really takes away um, from it. Yeah. And and, and I know there's good video out there, too. Um, you know, I, I know there's good stuff. I mean, there was a, you know, they, they filmed a lot of stuff. You know, they did that whole last year, the, the Bulls run in uh, IMAX. So I know they have good footage and, and good film of all that, but... But yeah, when you just bump into '90s stuff on the internet or on YouTube, and you're watching it, and I'm like, God, this looks horrible. Yeah, well, I not even like I was watching, you know, early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. I was watching stuff from you know Kobe Bryant back then, yeah, and it was like, it sucks. It's terrible, and I'm like, man, I wish we had HD back then, because yeah, it you know, it's not preserved well. No, it isn't. And I think the only way you get the good footage, because NBC and all these, or whoever did the games, um, if it was a professional sport, there is good footage of it. Um, It's out there. It's Mm -hmm. just, you can't see it on YouTube. You know, like when you watch, uh, if you see a highlight now that's on YouTube from today's game, it looks great. Um, But if you're looking at 90s stuff, it's horrible. But I think if you get the actual footage, and they're able, like when that, you know, their ESPN's kind of promoting that that Bulls documentary they're going to have. I don't know if it was this year or next year it's coming out, but that stuff will look good. I'm sure it will. But um, well, you think they're able to doctor, you know, get it all? Well, I, I think what it is is it's since it's not loaded to YouTube <coughs> by the person that has the original footage, it never looks good. Mm. That's what I think. Okay. And, because I think what it is is what you're seeing is what some guy taped with his VHS, you know. That's yeah, that's a good point too. A lot of times, yeah. I think what you're seeing is is people putting back up stuff that they recorded that's with true. Uh, VHS. VHS. So I think that's why it looks kind of crappy. But well, because when I was watching it back then, it didn't look. Yeah, you're right. Because it didn't look that bad when you were watching it on TV back then. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean. Even not to completely sidetrack, but you know, um, the Bigfoot guys recorded all their stuff from the 80s and the 90s, and they had top of the line equipment. And they're putting stuff up now, and the stuff that they're putting up that they recorded back then is actually really nice. Oh, so because they had because they had top top of the line equipment, right? For back then, you know, back then. And and it, with the stuff that they're putting up, it actually looks nice. But I think it's it's because it's their own, mm. you know, their okay. own stuff. I mean, but it's from the eighties and nineties. And but like when I've talked to certain people, they say that the camera they had back then, they had a forty fifty thousand dollar camera. Um, you know when uh, <clears throat> you know, when they were when they were king king shit back in the 80s and 90s and like money money wasn't an issue they had the best you could buy mm. 
So, and today when they put it back on there and you see it, it looks good. You're like, all right. This, wow. This, and, and it was kind of a lot of forethought on their side. Um, and maybe it was just, you just did what you thought you needed to do. Maybe you just did what you thought you needed to do, but, um, You know, not because you thought that there would be in 30 years there would be YouTube, but um, you just did what you thought was right, and they're still using it today. I mean, it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I watch this stuff, and I'm always like, "Well, okay, we're in the four, you know, HD, 4K now." And hold on, hold on. yeah, please, thanks. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they, they have 8K coming out eventually here um i'm wondering like you know 10 15 20 years down the road are we looking at stuff that was shot in 4k and be like oh that's 4k oh it's like oh that's garbage yeah that <laughs> <laughs> but i can't imagine like I'm, I'm watching it today and i'm like how can it get much better than this like it looks so good well and that's the thing we go through here uh, because if you're just going to put it on youtube it doesn't matter if you have it in 4k or 8k they only put it up at a certain right level absolutely um so it doesn't matter how amazing it is you're only going to get to see it um, it only i guess is if you record in 4k and then your tv is 4k and then you play right into your tv um yeah they compress the video uh, down big time yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> so and it's obviously the same thing that, that Facebook does because, you know, you can't put a 4K video on and let everybody on the world put it up on uh, Facebook, right? Like it has – there's got to be some kind of bandwidth limitation or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, we just – I just bought a new camera because I left – the one I've been doing these uh, – these travel videos with it's like our 10 year old little handy cam that I've been using. Oh, you did get a new one. So I did get a new one because, uh, I was just in California. We did the Reedy race mm-hmm. and, um, we were going, we were heading out to do, do a shot at the old team associated building and we get there. I go to turn on my camera. doesn't work. Oof. Turn it on. No display. It's not working. Everything's just, you know, dead in the water. I'm like, well, so I did the whole weekend, uh, did the whole weekend with my iPhone. So the whole video oh, that's wow. on YouTube right now, 100% done with my iPhone. Um, and it actually looks really good. Uh, the sound is about as good as it was with the Handycam and the video probably quality is actually probably better. Um, so wow that's kind of neat so it was kind of cool to see so did that video and then we got home and i was like all right we might as well get a kind of get a fresh one so got a new uh you're like thomas go get a new camera it's coming out of your paycheck too (laughs) no it's a Alice and I were actually, we happened to be out already. And I told Rich, I was like, I texted him like, all right. I'm like, I'm kind of by Best Buy. What do we got over here? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you could get this thing. It's, 
you know, it's kind of on sale already. It's like $300 off. So I'm like, okay, get that one. Say no more. $300 off. I'll take it. What'd you get? I had to look at a picture of it. <laughs> some kind of Panasonic 4K. Some kind of camera. I'll send it to you in the, in the chat because we're talking about it, right? Yeah. Uh, looks nice. I haven't used it yet. Well, this weekend you will be, right? <clears throat> yeah. Traveling to Missouri. So I should I should try and start it tomorrow. Would be a good idea. I might actually start it. I should start it here is what I should do. You mean fire it up and test it out and everything? Yeah, I should start doing doing some video today here at the shop. And it can kind of start like, all right, well, here's our work packing up a little bit, getting ready. So, yep, kind of start getting it going this weekend, start to use the new the new camera. Uh, got the Reedy. Obviously, we got the Reedy one edited. Rich got that all finished up and on there. It looks good. Our boy Mayfield taking Reedy. Yeah, I, it was like a, I don't know, not really a surprise, but it was like a pleasant surprise. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, I've been... Since they brought the Reedy Race back, I've been to probably, I've been to, it's, this is the 10th year since they brought it back. So I think I've been to every one of them except for, I've been to seven of the 10, I think. The first two years I didn't go, Paul went to OCRC, he did the race, not OCRC, West Coast. And... Um, then I went, uh, you know, there was a, a couple of trips we brought everybody because it was, uh, we just felt like it was nice to have the crew there. And, um, you brought the you whole know, crew with you? Brought the crew. Well, we had, it was me, Allison, Paul, Thomas. Yeah, like, so we brought, we had four. Um, for many years, we've had four there. Uh, but, but this year, just Thomas and I went and it was a little different. We, we lost our our good tent we use at the race usually kind of got lost in the shuffle somewhere what so we had to yeah like you know we always set up a nice tent at the reedy race we have we had a tent we just basically made just for that event and we left it out in california with stephen hartson and um, his dad, him and his dad, I was took care, good, so good care of all that stuff. So they actually had two tents, uh, but I didn't know that they. Had, so uh, we had, so uh, we got the tent from them last year because Stephen hasn't been racing, and uh, Associated took it back last year. They had it at their place. Then somewhere near Nitro Challenge, Richard Saxon brought it back to us and just kind of unloaded it on us at a different completely different event which i flew to there was no way i was going to take a tent back <laughs> so then mayfield ended up with this tent and then mayfield forgot he had it gave it to spencer <laughs> nobody nobody knew where this tent was i'm emailing i'm like hey does anybody know where this tent is everyone's just like i don't know i've never seen it 
And we're just like, well, we have no tenant, you know, just like, right. I don't know what we're going to do. So I'm texting Steven and I'm like, Hey, Hey, I know it's been a while, but you don't happen to know where the other tent is. Right. He's like, no, Cav came and got that tent like two years ago. I haven't seen it, but he's like, I do have another tent though. I'm like, really? He's like, Does yeah. Does it say Jay like Concepts a, a, on it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I got a, a much older one. Wow. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I don't know what condition it's in, but, you know, we'll use it. That'd be good. So mm-hmm. um, his dad brings out the tent and uh, actually in, a, in some turf carpeting that in 2012, Paul and I bought for the Roar Nationals out there. His dad kept that. So his dad brings it out. So we take this thing out of the bag, and I'm like, this thing looks like brand new. <laughs> it, this tent is from like 2009. Wow. And it looks it looks amazing. Well, nobody ever used it. Yeah, he said that they, you know, and it, but his dad was one of the guys that just, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, doesn't hammer on things. Right keeps them in good shape so we use that and that was the tent drama of the weekend is where to find it and where to put it up and um honestly i don't think people even knew the difference like between the the new tent that we've been using and the 10 year old graphic design you know oh okay so yeah the design of the graphics are probably not as uh cool looking or something i don't know Oh, man. It's just a different design, you know? <coughs> I'm dying over here. Bad time to record. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens, right? <clears throat> so, um, yeah. I'm, and then going to the race, the, the race itself. Um, you know, I think what... What's tough is it's tough at any event. This is, is to the, keep that yeah. is to keep that vibe, <clears throat> keep that good vibe and that special feeling going all the time. And no matter which one of these events you go to, as long as it's at you know the same location and it's kind of got the same people. Things they start to feel a little old after a while, and mm. um, it, you know like I, I don't really. <laughs> you know I don't know how to really com- what to compare it to, other than what you just compared it to. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, what I thought of right away. Um, <clears throat> so it is. It's hard to keep that vibe. It's hard to keep that thing going. Um, with that special feeling and and to be honest i think it's the 10 year run from when they brought it back to now and it still does have a good feeling to the race but it does lose a little Hmm. um and and i think that's just natural it's not because the race isn't as good it's the same everything uh but there was there's always that kind of that um there's that kind of the tipping point to everything where um you know it just boils over it's just the most popular and the most well received as it can get and then it's just 
you know, and that's it. That's the peak, right? All right. And and we've hit that there. And and there's, I mean, there's. It's not just that event, but you know, a lot of things you're doing, no matter what. Uh, you hit that point to where it just cannot get any better than this. It just starts to, you have to reinvent it or you have to change something or there to get that excitement back. But it's, it ha- they have done a good job with that event, keeping it special and exciting. But I do think that there will have to be a point to where something has to change a little bit to keep it that special feeling. Um, you know, there we have we run into a little bit of a problem at that r- race right now, where not all the drivers that qualify for the invitational come over and take the invite. So, really? yeah, you know, they invite they invite about thirty drivers, and they really only ended up with about twenty four, but that was after kind of some throw ins. Uh, they kind of added some people to the race that. Um, are kind of like pre-qualified in a way you know so like you know for instance like bruno coelho he's the world champion in four-wheel drive he's not there Hmm. um you know guys like martin bayer who could qualify for it or uh, there's a ton of guys there's there's a ton of guys that could qualify and be in it but they're not there um and the reasons kind of range, I think, why they're not there. But, um, but like Bruno, for instance, he's never came. He's never been to the event. Oh. So it's not necessarily a surprise he's not there. But it, it it's not. But like uh, Mikhail Orlowski or Michael Orlowski, uh, uh, always been in the invite pretty much every time he's came. He didn't come because he feels like he can't win the race. And that's kind of disappointing because you got guys like Bruno who he's never been because they don't feel like it's either up their alley or they should be there. There's some reason why they don't go. And it, it is kind of disappointing because it would be so much better with them than without them. Mm-hmm. Um. So it would be nice if we could get some of those, all those guys to really commit at some point and go. Um, so what ends up kind of happening is, you, I mean, there's still a great group of drivers, super, super deep field. Um, you know, it's still about, you know, 15 to 20 deep, I'd say. But it could be 30 deep. <clears throat> so that's the only thing I see that I'd like to see come back a little bit is getting everybody to race the invite. That has been yeah. a kind of a disappointment. But all things being said... I guess the thing that really is impressive is for this 10-year period, I'm pretty sure that Mayfield has been in it with a chance to win all the way till the last race for uh, the ten, last 10 years. So you could say that I've seen him win it. Um, I want to say it was his first full, was it full year or second year? 
2015 is when he won it. You know, he was racing for TLR. That was his first one. That was the first one he won. Okay. But he was in it to win all of them before that. Uh, till the last race, and either he had a bad race or somebody else won that needed to win, and he just didn't end up winning. But, you know, 2015, he finally won, which is a huge deal. You know, at that point, he wasn't a world champion. At that point, he hadn't won the Reedy race. So uh, when he finally got that one, I think, in 2015, that was a big deal because it uh, it, it really kind of gave him other another race title besides roar nationals and cactus classic and dirt nitro challenge you know he kind of yeah. was able to add something to the resume and then uh, <clears throat> ever since then he's still been you know right in it all the way till the end and this year it just seemed like everything i'm not gonna say went his way but it kind of did there was really no letdowns um from him no real poor finishes um he didn't break at all which has hurt him in the past like he would break once and then you have to take a you know finish that you don't quite want and <clears throat> all that stuff happens but and it's happened to him <laughs> so Jeez. it was it was interesting to be involved in a race like that where it was really kind of his um from about the fourth or fifth round in four-wheel drive all the way to the end and it was nice to see him kind of learn from the different ways that he's lost the race. Yeah. yeah. And now, you know, and now having, uh, being able to win it kind of outright, I'm not going to say easily, but it, he kind of won easily. Um, you know, of course, the, a lot of this is because of the way the races play out and stuff. And, but it was nice. It was nice to see him win. It was in, um, you know, being, uh, you, know, you got new new contract this year with Hobby Wing Electronics, and um, and I know that it was important for him to show that you know he could win something big. He's got one done now with uh, Hobby Wing. He's won the Reedy race with Yokomo and the Worlds with Yokomo. So um, yeah, I mean, there's no arguing the guy's results. The guy gets results. And I think they made some improvements with their cars. Uh, the Yokomo has. They've, they've been working on the four-wheel a little, which I think the four-wheel's probably been their better car, although I think there's some that would disagree. But for Ryan, it's been one of their better cars. And then the two-wheel, he's always got something. He's always going down some kind of rabbit hole trying to adjust or fix something that he's kind of not happy with. and. Then he, he figures that part out, and then he um, digs into something else. And he's really put a lot of work into that two-wheel drive over the years to kind of get it where he wants. And it seems like every two or three months, he, he kind of makes another step with, uh, with the car, making it a little bit better for him. And it was nice to see him get a win with the uh, – overall because i think he's been working on that on that two wheel quite a bit getting it the way he wants and um and, and for him he's been a little he's been more patient than he probably would have been 10 years ago um working on it getting a little bit quicker and 
So, you know, we also had, there was also some good highlights. You know, Spencer obviously got second overall. Um, he had, uh, there's probably one or two races. I mean, everybody wishes they had a couple races back, but, um, you know, he has, he's got two that kind of cost him, uh, the ability to have a better, um, finish than he did. But, but he was pretty happy. That was the best he ever finished was second. Uh, he hasn't won that one yet, but he's obviously <clears throat> in line. <laughs> he's in line to win that thing at some yeah, point. So obviously. And, uh, and then um, Cavalieri got third, and then Dakota got fourth, and then Brock Champlin got fifth, and uh, I think Ty Tessman got sixth, something like that. Uh, and those, that's it. Those are the best... Uh, that's got to be the best six guys in 10 scale off road in America. Um, so it was a good race and the open classes were good. I always enjoy the open class at Reedy because it's like, a, it's a kind of a good barometer of where you're at in racing. Uh, you know, how much more work do you have to go? You know, some people think they've arrived or they're the next big thing or whatever, but, if you can't, um, I think it's outside the door. Um, if you can't perform in the open class there, then it's going to be a rough yet. year. You're not ready yet. Yep. You're not, you're just not ready. And, uh, you know, guys win that class and they bump up into the invite. That's usually the reward is if you win open, you get to be in the invite the next year. And there's some guys that could have ran invite, like Aiden Horn. He won. Did he won four wheel drive or two wheel drive? No, he won two wheel drive. He was the fastest guy in both classes, but I felt he also could have been in the invite easily. Um, he was in the invite last year, so he he raced open, and just because of the way the qualifications worked out, he raced open. It was kind of his class to win. Um, but in four wheel, he made too many mistakes and Tom Rinnerneck won that one. Mm. Um, which I mean, the parents of these kids when they won were so excited. Oh yeah. That was probably like, I mean, the coolest part. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like cool. It's like neat all at the same time is it's like, um, I mean, I mean, it's, you can just kind of see like, oh, when they won it, it was almost like they were kind of like relieved, like, okay, finally all this work and yeah. time and energy we're putting into this got us something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's how it is. If you, you know what I mean? I think you see that in people's expressions when they finally do something they've been working for a while for that. You kind of see that all come out like, you know, finally. Yeah. My, my parents never got to experience that. Well, maybe when you won the P main. No, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> the P vein. I'm proud of that, man. I'm proud of it. You know what? So am I. Yeah, I'd never seen. Um, this is the first time I've ever seen the parents join in on the uh, champagne. Oh wow! Spring. I thought that was a little funny. 
but you could see they were into it. <laughs> That's cool. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to be a part of this moment. <laughs> but I'm not a parent, so I wouldn't know what it's like. But it's got to be. I mean, I know how it is having our racers and being attached to their results and mm-hmm. wanting the best, but. I mean, you can just see that the the difference that I see is I think that I can be along for the ride with Mayfield and Spencer, but um, you're allowed to uh, you have other options, right? So you can't be completely in the saddle for one and not the other. You have to ride in everyone's car a little bit right yeah and that's just the you know the nature of that position but when you're a parent you are on only one car right like there's not like unless you have multiple kids racing like al horn his kids got first and second which was awesome but and i watch him sometimes to see what it's like to have two kids racing and he's pretty cool about it, actually. He, um, he'll watch one, you know, and then he, yeah. he's like, oh, you're in, all right. These guys kind of said he's settling in. I'll bump back. I'll check on the other one. Yeah, you know, he'll see. He'll check on the other one, how he's doing. And, um, but he's watched them enough race already. You know, I'm sure they've been, they got 10 years of experience already. So, uh, you know, he's obviously seen them race enough, but. But like, uh, yeah, you watch and yeah, they're living, they're living in those cars and, uh, every little bobble, little issue, um, it's gotta be tough. <laughs> I mean, I know how it is for me watching these events. I mean, it's gotta be worse <laughs> for them. I know Ronnie, you know, Spencer, Ronnie brings a lucky coin to the races. Does he? Yeah, and uh, he he he. I forget how it started, how the whole thing started, but um, yeah, he'll tell me. You know, he'll like get somewhere. He doesn't bring it. I think all the time. You know, you don't want to wear out your super. Yeah, right, right. But uh, you know, he'll be like, "Hey, I brought the coin with me this weekend." <laughs> You're like, "Uh oh, uh oh, it's over." Uh oh, yeah. <clears throat> But uh, and he did. He had it in Japan when Spencer won. He had it in Slovakia when Spencer won. So he knows when to pull out mm. the coin. That's for sure. Yeah. I think the best race I ever ran heads up with somebody was at a club race. Um. So. Maybe somebody had a lucky coin when I was running that club race. I mean, I've ran good at other races, but I, I beat Kinwald heads up at Lake Park once, and I was like, ah. he was he was there a week early practicing, which was kind of a in a way was showing some respect to us because he knew if he didn't come that early, he wasn't going to be you know he right. wasn't going to be able to compete. So, and obviously he was right because. I beat him at the club race <laughs> and he knew that he needed a week of practice. And, and then when it came to the actual race, he won and I got second. 
Uh, it was still it. just about as close. It just the cars were in reverse positions. Hmm. But yeah, that lucky coin. You got to be like, damn it, Kinwald. He bumped me too. He got, he got me. Ah. I mean, it wasn't like a full takeout, but it was enough. I was pissed. <laughs> you wanted to throw I mean, him off the driver's stand? Hell yeah. I've wanted to do that several times. I know. After 96? Yeah, there's several times. But, uh, but you don't. You congratulate him on the win, even though you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was, it's interesting how all that stuff kind of played out. I got people that come to me this, um, to this day that know they've seen those races and they're like, Hey, I remember that happening to you. And wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I didn't forget, bro. You know, what's kind of funny though is Brian and I did a short course race uh, at RC Excitement, and this was probably now. This is probably ten years ago, back when short course was super popular and everybody was running it. I was running it, and we had a race where what the heck happened? I think I TQ'd, and he was second in short course. And in the main, there was just a single main, and I made a I made a mistake. Not a big one, but enough for him to get by, and I was in second. And I was like, I remember racing going, you know what? I'm going to get this guy back. (laughs) And um, there was a little front straightaway section, and I gave him just enough of a tap that I got by him, and and I won it. And I was like, you know what? I said, it took me, well, let's see, what year would that have been? 97, so it was... It was 13 years later, but I finally got him back. Um, granted, I would rather, much rather have the first one. Right. It's like if we could reverse <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It's like. Absolutely. But, nope. Didn't, didn't work. But anyway, it was funny. And I think, I don't remember if I mentioned it to him or not, but I'm sure he remembers. Because the boo birds were out at Lake Park with oh. that. Boo. Yeah, it was a big deal. Hmm. But yeah, Reedy Race. Uh, Aiden Horn, Tom Rinderneck, open winners, and then Mayfield doing his thing. All right, that was the Reedy race, and uh, and then I posted on Facebook that uh, Ryan gave us uh, <laughs> some items to give away, a hoodie and a hat, right? Autographed? That's right. And those are worn by Mayfield. Am I correct on that? Race worn? The the hat is. The, the hat is. The right. sweatshirt. What happened with the sweatshirt is I'd pulled that out for a racer. It was brand new, and I'd set it in our pit. And our pits are right next to where they do the trophy presentation. And so when all the guys and the dads were doing their champagne celebration, they got a little champagne on the sweatshirt. 
So I was like, you know, I'm like, I can't, we can't sell this thing now. <laughs> but we so, can give it away. <laughs> so we had Ryan autograph it, and it's a good giveaway because yeah. now it's it's part of the celebration. That's so, awesome. And his hat, that's why he gave me the hat too, because he's like, this thing has got champagne on it. So give it to Gotti. I'm like, you know what? They're good. I mean, man, that's like it's like having a a jersey from the locker room of where they absolutely it's like legit stuff yeah so the winner of that hoodie is me (laughs) so i made the post on facebook about it and and i don't know what i did wrong i didn't didn't think i did anything (laughs) wrong (laughs) i I don't think i was misleading here was i let me just read this real quick not if you read it when you read it to me it's not Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. So everybody assumed that Ryan Mayfield was going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of questions in here for Ryan. Which I, we can go down them. I can answer some of the ones I know because mm-hmm. there's something I know. Uh, I had to go back and read it. I'm like, wait a minute, did I did I sleep? <laughs> well, that was the first thing I clicked on it, and I'm like, people are asking questions. I'm like. Oh wait, they but think I, Mayfield's you know, I guess on the when show. you see it, I guess when you just see it, you think, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Oh well. All good. Let me pull it up here. What is the name of the page? Rip. <laughs> Cole Henriksen, what's your take on the Super Bowl? Well, I didn't want Kansas City to win. That was my take. Only because they disrespected the Brady jersey. The fans had a Brady jersey, and they threw it down on the steps. And as they were leaving the arena, the stadium, they uh, stepped on it. So, <coughs> the hell sure with them. If, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure if you really asked them, they, uh, would yeah. probably, they would probably tell you that, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you can't deny. And we did an episode uh, last week with, with Kirby talking about the Super Bowl coming up. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're trying to get him back on for the post Super Bowl show, but I don't oh, know geez. how I don't know how that's going to go, guys. I don't see that going as well. Yeah, I might just uh, have to scratch that one. Um, here's a question for you, Jason: Have you ever been recognized in public for your involvement in RC? Yeah, have you? Just out in the public? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm not talking about like at some event monster truck event i mean like yeah walking around the mall something like that you know uh yeah i have wow that's cool yeah all right yeah i I mean i've been with mayfield where he's gotten approached before but you have i have yeah that's cool all right i mean this just i mean i actually was in the mall during uh i think it was right after christmas um, and I was waiting on Allison to come out of the store, like the stereotypical, you know, situation. Like I'm sitting there doing nothing and, um, Allison's finishing up in a store and guy comes up to me and he's just starts talking to me. He's about like our staring team. at you. He's like checking you up and down. Boy, are you Jason Rona? <laughs> and it is a little strange 
not i mean i mean it's it's nice you know it's it's cool that people you know know um can recognize you from something and um, you know it it does happen i've had it happen several times and stinger motorsport the gun store trying to get rid of some invites i got here But it's nice. It, it it's definitely. Uh, what is it that people say? Mm, I don't know. What is it that they say? There, there's something that. Uh, I'll think of it. I think we discussed this on a show once. Do you use anything like VRC or a game to practice to keep your skills up? Jason, uh, Jason does have. not. Nope. Yeah, I never have. Um, we did talk to somebody that did, and, though. Yeah, there, there's people that do. Um, on the show. May, Mayfield never has. He doesn't. He's never had any of the equipment. Um, I would think that if you talk to him about it, he would just say it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think, I mean, he, at this point, he believes even he has times where he believes that even practicing doesn't do anything for him. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that I support that theory, but I know that that's what he's said before because he wants to race is what he said. He's like, he goes, the tough part is he's like, if I just go and practice, he's like, it's one thing if you're, he goes, if somebody sends me something and is like, all right, go, go test you know, this body or wing or whatever. He's like, yeah, no, you know, that's fine. But he's like, for me to just go practice, he's like, there's nothing on the line. So he's like, the part he's like that I struggle with is he is, he thinks that it's racing with the other cars and the other people that are makes as skilled as you is what makes him better. Right. It's not just driving around the track. That's a good point. So, um, that, that's what I know. That's what he said, has said that a bunch is he's just like, you know, some of this stuff just doesn't help. And he's like, I wish, you know, he felt a little differently about it, but that's kind of how he feels is he, he wants to drive with the other cars and he really prefers them to be, to be better, you know, to, to be top of the line racers. Um, that's where he feels is doing uh, doing the best for him is when he gets uh, gets in that situation where he can run with other fast guys then i think he's he's perfectly fine with <clears throat> with doing it and being um, you know being a part of it but it's not that he won't go run and drive his stuff i mean i know he went to hobby action and he drove his stuff before crc and the cactus or not the cactus but the reedy race he went and drove it but you know, I've seen him go and run before, and he really kind of has his own things that he's kind of shaking down. He's not really shaking down his skill. What he's shaking down is the vehicles and the product and making sure that it's ready to go when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of pointless for him to just go somewhere and practice. Like, Yeah, and, you know, I, I try to... 
I try to encourage him to do that. You do. Um, I, I, I like when he does go and run, but just to brush up on certain things. Like, I mean, cause like, I mean, he travels so much. You think that, okay, I'm going to practice when I get to the track. Yeah. Obviously you got to get tuned in, mm-hmm. but for him to just go like on a Saturday morning somewhere and just practice, I mean, I don't know what he's getting out of it. He's already yeah, a pro. I mean, he's already a world champ. He's already best <laughs> of the best. I mean, what is he going to go and practice? Mm-hmm. Besides, like you said, testing that wing or something, a body, tires. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for. I would think, yeah, some, just show up to a track. Accuracy there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be doing it either. Um, yeah, I mean, I've given us some, some reasons uh, <coughs> should and and he, and he does he 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 will um he he takes he takes the my opinion i mean and, and he'll go and run and he'll tell me and and i i give him other things to to kind of shoot for and instead of just driving and like sometimes i'll try to think of some things and yeah like like what well you know what i'll say is you know Hey, when we were at this last race, you kind of had some trouble with this. Why don't you, you know, go take care of this right now before we get to the next event? And then that's one less thing we got to worry about. Hmm. And, um, you know, just things like that. And um, I guess you could yeah, practice I, your I, jumping and stuff, right? No. Like he doesn't do, throttle, he doesn't do that. <laughs> but I mean, you can, right? I mean, you you can. Hey, I had troubles with that that at a triple or something. I, was, well, I don't know. What they do is what they look at is the if they're having trouble with that, they don't. Those guys don't uh, say that it's their fault. Uh, they 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 go back and say, hey, there's something wrong with the equipment here that I need to look at. And and if that's what they're th- if that's what they think. And that's what they're convinced of. That's fine uh, to me, but I encourage them to go out and figure out what that is. Mm. So it's like if somebody tells me, "Hey, my car doesn't jump for some reason," I always say, "All right, well, let's go figure out what that is. Is it a power thing? Is it a, um, you know what I mean? Is it a power thing? Is it a car thing? Is it a setup thing?" Um, yeah, but let's let's get that, you know, let's not just use that as an excuse uh, for the next race, too. Let's figure that out now and get it over with. <clears throat> so when we arrive at the next race, then we don't have that part to think about. Okay. And I'm a little more into, and I would say that I'm a little more into the mental and the delivery part of being a racer than than the setup and the um the equipment of the cars i think that there's a lot um going on um with the with the racers that that just they can work on being a better driver mentally and not necessarily that has anything to do with their their equipment 
I just think that there's things they can be better at as a driver. And that's, that's what I kind of encourage people to do is they go out there and <clears throat> they start telling me about things that they want to do. And I'm like, well, you're not as the, you know, it's like, Hey, this is, did you invite me to a moonlight buddy bunny ranch site? <laughs> I think I, yes, I did. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going through these pages trying to get rid of. This. Yeah, I um, did. Anyway. Yeah. Um, give them a I like. I probably should like. It. Yeah, you should. should like yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's what I kind of encourage these guys to do is, you know, <laughs> I talk to them about these things and, and if somebody, <coughs> if somebody starts telling me they need to test and work on their equipment, but I know they're not out there getting a a clean five, six, ten minute run in. I'm like, look, there's other things you can be working on here besides your equipment. You know, there's some things you got to work on for you. Right. And those are the things that I like people to be able to say work on and and get better at when i would go and run like those times when kinwald had to come and race me mm-hmm. um when we used to go practice i would only do five minute runs and they had to be perfect that was my that was my goal is when i wanted every one of my runs to be five minutes no mistakes because i always felt like However, the track was going to evolve or change. <clears throat> you never know when you have to run your best. And I felt like that was my best opportunity to do anything in RC was to just run the best five-minute qualifier I could get. And that's what I concentrated on. I, I, I'm sure I looked at the fastest laps, but I was like, I'm going to do the fastest lap I can do for the whole time. And it wasn't just, you know, me trying to come out of nowhere and have a couple fast laps and then completely blow out. It's like I wanted the best five-minute run. And I think there's a lot of people that just don't concentrate on that. They only look at their speed and they figure if they have speed, then they can turn that into something. But the truth is, is that's just part of the equation. You got to be able to run the whole time. When you get these guys going like Mayfield and stuff at a nitro race, they'll do it for 45, 60 minutes. They won't make one mistake. Man. And that's what's hard to beat. It's not your one fast lap. What's hard to beat is trying to match that kind of um, speed and consistency together. There's no room for error. Yeah, if you want to win at that level... You have to be clean. <clears throat> so it's just, it's such a simple thing to me, but so overlooked for everybody. So overlooked. Overlooked to the point where it's annoying. Mm. All right. Well, that was a. What I, what I think, what I think Mayfield and these guys reflect <laughs> on when they get in a big race moment is they reflect back to a point where they know they've done this, done that before. And that is their, um, the people, the experts tell you that if you're going to be good at something, you have to visualize it happening. Mm 
So, and what I say is when you do something well, now you have that in your memory banks. You have that in your your inner, whatever you call it. It's a, in your psyche or something. And when you get called upon in that in those similar moments, if you can if you can bring yourself back to those moments when you were successful, you repeat the process. And that's what the experts say in any kind of sports psychological mm-hmm. what is it called sports psychology psychology sports sports psychology is <clears throat> those are the kind of things that that the experts say is you have to have these you have to visualize it happening and then and so if you've done it before you get back into that mindset that frame of mind where you were at and, <clears throat> and something starts feeling familiar to you and you go, you know what? I've been here before. I've done something like this, and now I'm going to do it again. And muscle memory. Yeah, and and that's how these guys do it. And when you watch, you know, the Mayfields or any of these <clears throat> those top guys, when they get rolling at a race, and they are just clicking those things off, you know, just all the time the same laps and just and they're 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 thinking about i've done this before and i can do this and they're not just you know constantly repeating to themselves well i'm ready to blow out this lap you know when's my crash coming <laughs> they're they they're thinking of the 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 ideal is is you're thinking of the best possible result sure it doesn't always happen <clears throat> but that's that's how the successful people, I think, view it. And and I think those are the kind of things that I think Ryan um, is trying to say when he talks about practice is he can't he can't simulate that. So, he, you know, he he feels like in order for me to practice at that level, I have to put myself in that position. I have to put myself under the pressure. I have to put myself in that frame of mind for it to be valuable. Otherwise, he's just driving around the track. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's a lot of people that need that, need that experience. They haven't mastered the driving of the track. The guys that can't do five minutes, the guys that can't do seven minutes, those are the guys that need to practice, right? Um, but the other guys can sharpen their <laughs> sharpen their pencil in other ways. That's my theory. Man, talking about practice. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of practice. And it's different. And everything's a little bit different, of course, because if you're playing a team sport, um, you're, there's plays. You know, you have a coach. You have things you're supposed to do. You have a, um, a game plan, right? Well, when you're doing something individual, the game plan is with yourself. That's where the, you know, and certainly if you have some people around you that are helping you do some things, but in in the end, it's still the game plan is with you and yourself. There is no, um, you know, it's not a team sport. It's not, you know, you're not learning plays. You're not, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. It's different. You're, you're, um, you're in a little different situation. So it, it, it is a little different. 
Um, I do think that you have to be active. Um, but active could also be driving anything, you know? You could be just um, going out to have fun and just staying in the game a little bit. I think there's an activity part of it, which is good. And I think there's still, there's no replacement for driving the real car. You know, the, the video games and all that, or the games, uh, you know, there's some guys that have told me they think it's helped them, and that's cool. But I Maybe think as far as getting yeah. a feel for the track and stuff, yeah. But, you know, layout. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't think that you're ever going to... There's a lot of things about RC you just can't recreate like that. But, um, yeah, the traction surface, no way. Yeah, and not to mention the the nervousness, the pressure, the um, the the round. You know, so much of this, especially at a nitro race, is when you're going up to run either your qualifier or the main is, and that's for the mental part that I talk about and think about is there's a lot of stuff going on around you that you don't have any control over like there's this there's this time the main is going to start and you don't have any control over when it's going to start it the, the time is just coming it's ticking so now you gotta in between then you gotta get your cars ready well this there's this thing going on you know there's the clock the hourglass is turned upside down right mm-hmm and you're working on your car, you're thinking about the race, how things change, and you're talking to your people, you know, and that, that hourglass is still is still going, and um, and you know that that uh, that that race is coming up, and you can't you can't call a timeout, you can't say, hey, I'm not ready, you know, I'll do this tomorrow. It's just this has got to happen, and um, then you start to fire the cars up, and then everyone fires their cars up. And now there's just this, this buzz going on where um, people are kind of, you have to talk loud, you're yelling at each other because the cars are loud and, you know, you're trying to discuss a little bit of strategy and then you got people, um, you know, you're watching the other drivers, hey, what's he going to do here? You know, what tires is he running? And, you know, and you, you can hear their engines and there's a, so now it, it's become so real. And now, knowing all these things, all right, I prepped my car. This is the tire I'm going with. Um, race is coming up. You know, we're in the next race. There's a lot of noise going on, and you know, people asking you questions still. And and then you got to go up, and then you got to perform. So that's the part I think that um, is really, really cool about what we do. You can't just hit. You know, pause and say, hey, "I don't want to do this today. I'm gonna do it tomorrow." Um, it's right now. It's happening right now, and you gotta be, you gotta be have kind of managed your time all the way up until that race in order to to be at your best. And lots of times, it's weird because you're trying to do all these things. You probably haven't eaten very well. It's usually the case. You normally don't sleep very well. So you're you're really doing everything opposite of probably what you should be doing to perform in anything. But you're doing it with 
in all those situations, you know, you're, you know, you probably only slept five or six hours and then you had chicken fingers for dinner and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. uh, lots of these guys have a few beers and it's like, now you're, you know, you're kind of getting going. And then once you start to get locked in on that event, uh, you know, that, that single thing you got to do, um, it's pretty amazing. It really, it really is. And then when you talk to these guys, and I know this from my racing, but when you talk to Ryan, they know everything that's going on when they're racing. Everything. Mm. They, they know when, um, they, you know, they under, they can, you know, I know this from when I'm racing too, but it, it's even more, uh, it's even cooler from their standpoint is they know when, um, when their competition does a pit stop, they know when they're doing a pit stop, they know where they are on the track. They know, um, uh, they know what, you know, what the pit guys are doing below them. They, they're like, Hey, you know, so-and-so has already pit. Why haven't I pit yet? Um, you know, so, and then they, um, you know, all these things they're, they're, they're picking up on and they're realizing while they're, and they're driving, at a top level. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've had, I've had Mayfield come off the stand and he'll be like, what the hell was, what the hell was Tebow doing in that corner back there? He's like, he's like, he's like, it seemed like he was making up time on me back there. He's like, I'm trying to figure out what the hell, what the hell am I doing wrong yeah. back there? He's like, what the, what is he doing? And I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, well, I go, Tebow was on the, complete other side of the track as you i'm like how like you're in the left corner he's in the right corner like i'm like how are you even i can just see it i can see what's going on it's like he's wow. like i can see he was he was going faster there i'm like well yeah he was doing the different than you were <laughs> this is how he was doing it okay i knew something was going on and uh but you, you know and and they're realizing all this stuff while they're driving so it's managing all those things and your emotions when something didn't go right it's pretty shocking it really is and that's what i think is kind of neat about it is all that goes into being successful and it's not just turning whoever turns the fastest lap and it's who puts all that part together and it's pretty neat. You know, it'll be like, you know, you'll, these guys will be like, yeah, so I pitted. He's like, and, you know, Ty just came in and pit. He's like, I, I saw his mom do the pit. You know, his mom did the fuel gun. And it's like, dude, you're in the middle of the track yeah. driving your car at speed and you're walking. You can see their, and you're also seeing their pits. <clears throat> Yeah, he he's been on the podcast and he mentioned where he's watching other guys on track. Yeah. Oh. And it's weird because I know in my racing <clears throat> there are times where I, you know, if I'm racing with somebody that, you know, for me was obviously really tough to race, like a J.R. Mitch. Um just, you know, a tough competitor, somebody's always just as fast, if not faster. And when you notice when you and as a driver, when you know where they are on the track, you can either use that as your motivation or 
it starts to affect you because you think that they're starting to catch you. Mm. So that can affect your, you know, how you're doing. So you have to be able to use it both ways. Um, and those guys are very good at that. They don't, um, they don't just see that their competitions in second and then they just fall apart. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like I mean, of course that happens here and there. It's, it's kind of natural that, you know, here and there you, you have bad races, but, <clears throat> but lots of times you start, you know, they'll see it and go, they will see it like, all right, now I can see how fast I'm really going. And then, like, oh, I noticed that, you know, like I said, you know, I noticed he caught me back there. You know, what is he doing different? And they start making adjustments while they're driving. And pretty soon the guy's not catching them anymore. And <clears throat> this is without a headset. Mm. You know, a lot of guys are driving now with a headset. So they got this direct, um, you know, right to their mechanic. But uh, I think the guys that are the best they're seeing all that while they're driving and they're making those adjustments on their own. I know we did a nitro challenge once where they had a whoop section. And I remember during the main Ryan was having trouble in there and he was racing with two other, three other guys that were, you know, going good. And he, he just said he got frustrated because every time he'd get there, he's like, those guys would gain like three feet on him. So he said he finally just, he said, he's like, I stopped and I just watched him go through it, but I only stopped long enough to just see what was different. He's like, and then the next lap I came through there, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you know, he goes, I'm giving up time anyway. He's like, I might as well just stop and see what the hell they're doing. Right. And I'm like, you know, for me, I would like never do that because it's like I don't think I could ever afford to give up time to anybody. But you know, he's obviously thinking, "What's the difference if I get second or third? I really want to win." Yeah. So, you know, to me, I'm thinking second or third is good, right? So, I'm, but for him, he's like, "I'm going for the win," and if I'm going to go for the win, then I need to figure out what the hell's going on here. So, kind of, kind of cool stuff, and beyond just practicing and beyond you know setting up those are all the other factors that i don't know if everybody really realizes goes into being successful i think that was the longest answer to a question we ever had so i hope that answers it rod case that was his question i forgot it was even a question (laughs) it went along with that vrc Hmm. All right, answer this one for uh, Ryan, Jason. Uh, what what went through your mind during a 2017 Worlds when you when your car flipped over? I, I know what he's talking about. Um, I want to say that uh, Ryan talked about it, and the kid that marshaled him. I want to say this was the first main <clears throat> when he kind of had it wrapped up. He just had to do the last couple jumps go across the finish line and uh, he crashed on one of the back jumps and the marshal um, one of the Yokomo uh, kids was in you know because B main B main term marshals the A main and I want to say he was a B main racer for Yokomo and that kid was on top of it man 
had to be one of the best marshals I've ever seen. Um, the kid didn't bobble it. He put the car down on the downside of the jump, if I remember correctly. Like, he did everything that you wanted a tour marshal to do. So, and I remember Ryan talking about it like he wasn't really that concerned, which was kind of weird. He's like, he's like, I. I remember him saying it, and he's like, yeah, I kind of had a gap, and I was just thinking if the marshal wasn't, um, if he didn't, you know, mess up, he's like, I should be fine. And he's like, I don't think he really panicked all that much, um, which in that situation, um, it'd be tough not to panic. But uh, I think that there's some days when it's just, you just feel it, I think. There's some days when you're just feeling it, and and I think that was one of those days for him where he was just feeling it. Like he was like, "I'm putting an end to this deal." Whether it's with my driving, I gotta have a little thing go my way, and that one thing, the marshal really helped him out when he crashed by just being on doing the job right. And so, yeah, I I don't remember Ryan said that he was all that nervous about it. Um, but I'm sure he had to have panicked a little bit. <laughs> I'd imagine. Yeah. He might've even been on the show talking about that. So go back and listen to the past episode. <clears throat> oh man. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be with you guys here. I got my chest is killing me. I don't know what's going on. What else we got? Dream might come true. What other questions we got? I'm watching the end of this video right now. What? Just which one? This with the term marshal. This 2017 Worlds. Mm-hmm. So he's coming around here. This has to be one of his last laps. He's got a pretty nice lead here. Double. There's a little crash. The kid. Whoosh, boom. Perfect term marshal. Second place did get a little closer. Last lap, last turn. But yeah, as far as a turn marshal, you couldn't have asked for a better job. Copy video. I want to say that... Copy video URL. I want to say that um, there was somewhere online somewhere that like Rick Howard kind of took a shot at him somewhere like, Oh, you know, better think that Marshall. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There was somewhere. I forget. I forget where it was on Facebook. <laughs> or, I saw it somewhere. Like it was like, you know, he was like kind of giving him shit like that. The Mar- Marshall saved his day. And it's like, well, maybe he did. Maybe he did. You know what? Sometimes you need something to go your way. Absolutely. None of these none of these Super Bowls or NBA titles. There's always these little questionable calls here and there that kind of go a certain direction, and that is kind of part of their success. It's all part of the game. Not much you can do about it. Um Let's t- touch on this real quick. 2020 stock worlds. Mm-hmm. 
Well, James Cotlett messaged me about this. I had no idea about it. I'm like 20, 20, and I messaged you right away. I'm like, Stock Worlds? What? Yeah. This isn't Ifmar, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, You know, I think... I think in general, you know, you can't say enough good things about the people that do that race there. The the CRC people, the guy that builds the tracks and everything, they're awesome. As far as the, it's just a name, you know, they're just putting a name on it, okay. hoping that it attracts attention, <clears throat> right? Hmm. Um, you know, we call it an indoor national series for us because it's a, a national series. Um, but you know, we made it say national because you want it to be, to have a higher profile. So they're just throwing worlds on it to hopefully attract people that think that. So this isn't the first time somebody's thrown worlds in there. No, there have been other times. Oh, well then. All right. Well, you know, my feelings on stock racing. So (laughs) I I don't, to me, having a, to anything that has to do with stock and a world's is to me um definitely a uh, <laughs> contradiction in terms um to me stock isn't world's level um, yeah no way to me it's if you're racing a world you're racing a car with a modified motor or it's open we'll say um I think anything stock or 17.5 just isn't world's capable because the whole idea of being a world champion is being the best in the world. And not everybody from the world that's the best best driver is going to race it. So you're basically the best of who came to the race. You're not the world champion. You're the best of who attended because there's clearly better people, right? Right. If you got, you know, you put all the the Spencers and Mayfields and Cavaliers and Dakotas and Bruno Coelho's and you put all those guys out there, the freaking results would be a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. So um, it, it's just a name, and anybody can see it the way they want to see it. I just see it as another race, and if you want to race stock and run out a good track, that's what you do. Um, the the uh, race named Worlds, I'm certainly not going to – Whoever wins it, I'm not going to say they're the world champion. You know, it's just not happening, but that's how it is. All right. Funniest thing ever happened to you on a driver's stand? Oh, there's a bunch. What's the funniest? There was one when I. Well, there's always funny times when people yell at you. <laughs> um,. I've I've had people yell at me before, um, Barry Baker, Greg Hodab, um, and when you think you think back about them, they're funny. Um, or if you hear it on replay, you know some of these are on video because of back then, so you can hear them and they're funny. Um, there's one that's kind of I I'm not going to say who the guy was on the driver's stand, but there's been several times when there was a guy that was a little more outspoken that raced in Florida. I remember him yelling at a turn marshal, but it wasn't like, Hey, Marshall, get my car. Yeah. It was, 
you heard like a moan, like he's just like, uh, like, you know, I crashed in the wrong spot. First, that was the first part I heard was like <laughs> sort of this like, oh, man, not here. And <clears throat> then I, then you, the next thing we heard was lose some weight or something. <laughs> oh, man. And I was just what? like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I remember that one. That was a um, pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I've had uh, Yukas Denari yell at me on the driver's stand, <laughs> say I didn't know what I was doing. Really? Told me I didn't. Told me I was better than that. I've had um, um, oh man, there's so many. <laughs> I, and yeah, there's so many. Um, <coughs> and there's so many you hear about that's the other part is you hear about a lot of good ones too and it's kind of part of being in the racing and in the moment another thing going back to the other thing was these are all the things that are happening while you're racing so you got to be able to juggle all those things too like when someone's yelling at you or told you you know you did something to them you got to still race through that so uh, that makes it what makes it kind of also makes it unique. Sometimes the guy's standing next to you, right? Yep. Uh, I had somebody, and this is a little off top, a little different, but we were racing once on a super cup and a guy came to watch with his kid and set his kid right on the rail <laughs> in between me and Ryan Eckert while we were running a qualifier. <laughs> So we're running a qualifier and this like spectator just comes right on the driver's stand and sets their kid like right on the rail between us. And is like swinging his feet, you know, like, <laughs> like, and I'm kind of, we're so Brian and I were, you know, the guys between us and, and I, I didn't say anything. Cause I'm just, <laughs> I'm like trying to stay into the race or the qualifier. But Ryan was like, he's like, Hey, Hey man, you're not, uh, you're not supposed to come up here to watch, you know, this is like for drivers only. And he's saying this while he's racing. And <clears throat> it was funny. Kid staring at you, picking his nose. He's just like, but he's doing the <laughs> thing with his feet. That right. was the funny part. Yeah. Was his feet were like, wee, wee, <laughs> you know? And so, <laughs> so Ryan tells us, and, and um, <laughs> the other funny thing I remember was we were doing a, uh, a race at Superior Hobbies. They did cl uh, club racing um, on their uh, parking lot racing. Paul and I are running uh, on road or touring car, and uh, Ben Wallace was there racing that day. Um, you know the NBA player. Absolutely. Who you need to get on the and, show? You said and try. So yeah, I know I, there is people we could talk to. I know, but anyway. Mm -hmm. So so Paul's so we're up there getting ready for our. And we're like checking in, you know, got the cars out on the track. Ben like gets in between us and he's just huge, you know, it's just, I mean, <laughs> you got all whatever height he is and me, I'm like, whatever, five, seven, five, eight. And Ben Wallace comes and stands between us and we're just like, holy crap. But then Paul goes, Hey Ben, you're not in this race, dude. <laughs> 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 and he just he just goes, oh my bad. <laughs> oh my just, bad. He just pulls off. 
Sorry. <laughs> Get off here. Get off the stand. Yeah. Um, oh, man. There was another time we're at. I mean, there's so many of these, but yeah. another one was it, I wasn't on, or was I driving? Yeah, I was driving. So, um, Paul wasn't, I was racing Nitro. Paul wasn't pitting me. He was going to, he's like, I'm going to videotape the race. Okay. So I forget whoever was pitting me, but we're racing and the race starts. Paul gets on the driver's stand. He's videoing. And, um, a guy that was also racing started yelling at his pit crew that Paul needed to get off the driver's stand. He's, he's like, he's in my way up here, you know, hmm. even though he wasn't anywhere close. Right. So, then, <clears throat> so Paul's telling me this afterwards cause I was racing. So, you know, I kind of heard something going on, but it's nitro. So, so, so anyway, some guy, this guy is, he was built. This guy's name is Dave. Kind of a nice guy, actually, but he was just built. It's freaking muscle guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a, a monster. Right. And sort of like He me. was the one. Right. So he come. so I guess he comes up and he comes behind Paul, just grabs him by the shoulders, <laughs> picks him up. Right. So Paul's video and <laughs> Paul's video and this guy just picks him up by the shoulders and like starts walking him down the driver's stand. <laughs> And Paul like just goes off on this guy. Paul's feet are sw- is swinging like that little kid's on the yeah, dark. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 when he got down, he just like went at him, went at him, and it was just like, "Don't ever effing touch me again." He just goes <laughs> off on this big dude. Wow. And the guy, and the guy was like, "Man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And like the guy kind of totally backed down, and was like, "Man, I'm sorry." The guy said something <laughs> pretty okay. funny. That's awesome. <laughs> it's always a little little guy with the biggest bark. It was funny though, but because later the guy came back over to us and he was just he he actually liked it. The guy was just he was kind of like you know what I no no one's ever done that to me before. Like no one's ever like yeah. just he had respect for Paul. Now he's like you know yeah he's like I'm not letting this guy's not going to be screwed with. Oh, damn. Hey, hold on a second. Yeah. Gotta give me a minute. I don't know how I'm gonna pause this. I'll turn my mic off. Good. I'm gonna give away the um, hoodie and the hat okay. while you're doing that. Okay. And Jason probably just hung up on me. Anyway, so Ryan Mayfield autograph hoodie and hat. The hat was worn by Mayfield. Uh, we got champagne all over this stuff from the Rady Race. So. Um, I want to give that away to patrons of the show, patreon.com slash radio and pound. So if you support the show over there, as little as $1 a month to get you into running for the prizes that we give away once a month, we do this. So uh, again, these are from Reedy. Jason got them from Mayfield. And uh, big thanks to Mayfield for donating it, donating uh, these prizes to us. So we'll give away the hat here. I have all your names in the, Name picker here. And the hat is going to go to Javier, Javier Anaya. You win the Ryan Mayfield hat. Congratulations, Javier, and thanks for supporting the podcast. 
Now, let's give away the hoodie. And the hoodie is going to go to... Let's rotate in here. Cletus Snow. Cletus Snow, congratulations. You have won yourself the autograph Ryan Mayfield hoodie that, again, has champagne on it from the radio race. So thanks again for everybody that supports the pod over at patreon.com slash radio impound. All right, and we're just waiting on Jason to return. And uh, just a reminder that um, we did two episodes last week. Uh, the first episode was uh, Kirby and I on the, we were talking about the Kobe Bryant tragedy uh, that happened last Sunday. And um, then we also had some uh, pre-Super Bowl talk in there. And then uh, I did a podcast on Wednesday of last week, uh, three days after. We called it three days later. And that was about, again, Kobe Bryant. I did that myself. Uh, just um, finding out new info about the accident and uh, was just talking about it. And I had people, some of you listeners, uh, message me. So I was in there thanking you guys for the messages and stuff like that. So it's just a little podcast that I do. You know, I, I might sprinkle in some of these ones that are like, you know, 15, 20 minutes long. And it's just me babbling on about something. And uh, just trying to get you some more content out there, guys. So, Hello? And he's back. We're back. So I gave away the hat and the hoodie. And I have um, the hoodies going to Cletus Snow. Okay. And the hat is going to um, Javier An Anaya. Okay, perfect. I know both of them. But... Ironically... Cletus Snow, his race name in RC is Vince McMahon. Oh, is that Vince McMahon? That's Vince. Oh, all right. That's awesome. So that's his uh, race name, stage name. Yep. Okay. His race name. Good to know. Good to know. So what else we got? What other kind of questions? We all got right. Yeah, there? we'll wind it down here. Okay. What's Ryan's favorite race to attend every year? I think he's answered that on our podcast. I think it is the Dirt Nitro Challenge. Okay. It used to be the Cactus Classic, but I think his favorite now is the Nitro Challenge. Right. Does Ryan have any lucky socks or lucky items that he care? Oh, you mentioned about Spencer with his dad with the coin. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't think Ryan does any of that stuff. I was going to say, I don't picture Ryan being superstitious, so. I think the only thing that sometimes I've seen these guys change bodies occasionally. Mm. And sometimes you think, like, maybe they're, like, trying to, you know, <laughs> ward off some bad luck from a run or, so, you know, something. I don't know. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I would probably do that, too, like, try to change. <laughs> um, if you had multiple, you know, just change something, right? It's like that couldn't have went any worse. Let me change something and yeah. change. It's you know you, maybe you, you had a new body on your car or something, and you're like, I'm going back to my old body. This thing was bad luck. Maybe something like that, but I don't think there's not something I've seen him anything carry race to race. That was from Will Britton, and congratulations, Will, uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan. There, 
So mm. Will's been waiting a long time for a Super Bowl. Finally got it. <clears throat> well, I think, I don't know who Almond's asking this about, but it seems like I, I still say that the brushless motors and the LiPo batteries are the best thing um, that has come along in RC racing. Um, I don't really think a lot of the changes with the car's development has been as significant as that. Um, the tires have improved, uh, you know, since about the tires really came a long way starting in about 1997, 1998. The tires really came along um, a lot in RC, but I just don't think. None of those things have added what the brushless <clears throat> and the battery stuff has really done for the capability of of uh, electric RC cars. I still think that's the best. Um, I think is the bottom part here. Um, I think there's a lot of um, prototype parts that have. Um, that never made it to production that have that have been good i mean uh or have been memorable i think that was his memorable uh, <clears throat> oh man um for me any of the the stealth cars those never never made it to production but they were the most memorable um i think for sure those have to be the tops um that double X that Losi had with the prototype hydro drive. That was really cool at that same race. Um, uh, that car never made a production the way it was raced there. Uh, of course they made a true double X, but was totally different. Um, I can't say totally different, but it was pretty different. Um, those are items I think of off the top of my head. I mean, Eight scale cars <clears throat> in that racing, man, I don't really see anything <clears throat> that really stands out to me in that. I think the engines have gotten a lot better and the electrical have gotten better in that business in the eight scale side. Mm -hmm. Servos. I think a lot of those items have gotten better in. We get a little trickle down effect. Um, but it's still it's still a hobby car that has has to meet a certain sales price. So, you know, we're not talking about a Formula One RC car that prices unlimited, right? Um, this is still a budget thing. You have to fit into somebody's budget, they have to be able to buy it. So that's where we get limited on we get limited a little bit on technology or how far you can go in racing because of the price it's like you know whatever you get a b6.24 right now i think we're looking it up as like 340 dollars um which i consider still on a little bit on the that's market that's the, the market right now that's what a lot of the cars go for or a little more but i think that's on the high side mm. i think we can't get much more expensive than that um, you know, if you made a $1,200 car, I don't think it'd be near as popular. 
So without thinking too much into his question, that's what I got. Mm. Uh, my favorite class, two-wheel buggy. I think Ryan's class is eight-scale buggy. Um, I have a lot of memorable races. This guy was asking. Um, yeah, lots of lots of them. I, I, it's hard okay. for me to single yeah single one, but I would say that the most memorable race for me was probably the '97 World. Oh, I thought you were gonna say '96 Nationals. No, came close to burying the double x4 all right so 97 uh 97 worlds i think so i think it was the racing was at its highest point i think you know i was fairly young at the time and just being around and racing with all the guys that were at the top level at that time period and racing with them in the hay main that was probably the most memorable ryan's probably has to be probably have to be the world's but i think he's won other races that i think he's just as proud of <clears throat> the year that he won all three at the dirt nitro challenge that was pretty good hmm. I, that has to be that has to rank pretty high <clears throat> Reedy race that sweep of the dirt nitro challenge in the worlds I mean really a sweep of the worlds won both classes um, has to be pretty good there was a couple nitro races we did too where at the old AMS or the, that race is still going but um I say old because when we started going there it was over about 10 years ago but um for me watching there was a couple memorable ones there where ryan was racing and um i remember his i remember him winning the eight scale buggy class that was that was a really good win but then the night the the truck one he was he was kind of dominating the truggy main and his tire came off Mm. and he had to come in the pits and it took a while to to change and he lost the lead and dropped back to like third and he was like two laps down or something like that and in like 20 minutes he like unlapped himself <laughs> and you know got on the same lap as the leader got back into second, he didn't win, but he got all the way back to second within striking distance. And I remember that after that race, his truck was sitting in our pits and it's just like, it's, it's, you know, it's turned off. And the thing is just, it's making that like metal noise. Like, like when you're, it's cooling down and it's like, dink, pinging. Yeah. And, and I remember the truck just sitting there, like making those noises. And there was just a, there was probably ten or twelve people circled around the pits, just staring at this truck. 
because they couldn't believe how much time he had made up. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan's like kind of pissed because he didn't win, but it was, he got, people were so impressed by the speed of, of that and what he was able to do that it was almost more impressive than him winning. That's what I remember most about it was it was the biggest win you could have got without winning because just the fact of how far he came back and everybody's watching at that particular time, it was so special having a lot of these guys come out to like Alabama, you know, now if we've been there 10 years, but you know, then it was pretty new and they're just, they couldn't believe that guy can drive like this. (laughs) You know, it's just unreal that, you know, they'd never seen pros run before and they're just, they're just looking at this truck in the pits and it's just making that tingy noise, like cooling down and, it, it's like they're looking at this thing like what is different about this yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah this thing is fast yeah it was hmm. so yeah tons of memorable ones for me watching i know that you know the what would really i think there's ones that are memorable that you were in but the ones that, to me, the ones that bother me are the ones that I feel like either I should have won personally or, like, maybe even Orion should have won that some, mm-hmm. for some reason he didn't. That's the shit sometimes I think about. And I'm like, yeah, sticks with people you. like, oh, would you like to have, um, you know, what race would you like to have back? Or, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, yeah, this race and that race. Like, it's like that, yeah. It's like that day I should have won, but for whatever reason didn't, and that pisses me off. <laughs> it's like more than you know, thinking about the memorable races where you did win, or oh yeah, it's always the ones that you lose. Just, you're just like, oh, what? It's like, what the heck happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the Eagles Super Bowl, Patriots Eagles. Yeah. Ugh, I can't stop thinking yeah. about. It. I thought the I thought winning last year would cure that, but it didn't. I just no, keep thinking it's, about it's never Eagles going lost. to. Yeah. It's terrible. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, the idea is is that you win more than you lose or you have mm-hmm. a um, – your credibility is of as a winner. But And they have, they clearly have all that. But you still go, yeah, we should have won that game too. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. You know? Yep. You know? That, Lakers, that's, Detroit that's, series, early Ben Wallace – yeah. 2003. Yeah. Ugh. yeah, you guys could have had a four a four P. I and, know. Ben um, Wallace screwed it up. Mm. <laughs> well, there was a little turmoil within the Lakers too. But yeah, yeah Ben Wallace was a beast in that series. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that I guess how hard it is to win. That's what mm-hmm. I think people don't realize is <clears throat> sometimes you think you know you're you're pissed about the times you don't win or whatever but it also should be a reminder that how difficult it is um to be the best at something or yeah. the best on that day um because it's like i, I remember pat riley did an interview he always does like a year closeout interview 
when he in the Miami Heat, and I remember him talking because this is when LeBron left. Oh the yeah, Heat, right, right. And it's just a great interview because he's like, he's like, look, guys, he's like, nobody wins in this forever. Yeah. And he's like, he starts breaking it down. He's like, he's like, look, he goes, I won whatever it was, five titles in L.A., whatever he won. He goes, but I was there 15 years. He's like, I only won five times out of 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, whatever the math was, he, and he, he was like breaking it down. He's like, yeah, sure. The, um, you know, say this team won, um, you know, X amount of titles in this amount of time. He's like, but there was 10 years where they didn't win anything. He's like. And they win, you know, so they win four years, uh, you know, they win uh, four times in 14 years. And people think this is so amazing. And you're like, look, they went 10 years and didn't win anything. So it shows you um, how difficult it is. And you have to, I guess, strike when it's your time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good interview, but it was like he just it was so like just a reality check for just anything where it's like look you can't um you never can get a hold of something like that in and you have it forever it's just it kind of especially in those sports it kind of comes and goes right yeah so it just shows you how difficult it is and just sticking with basketball for a second you were at the reedy race over uh last weekend and you text me saying about the Kobe Bryant tragedy. I just want to get your thoughts on it since you weren't here for the show. Just r- real quick. I mean, I-, I think you summed it up real great with me. It's like, you know, you said to me in a text, you're like, you know, Kobe's had a blessed life and he's done so much within 41 years. You know, he's done more in 41 than I'll do in 80 or 90. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then the real tragedy here is with the kids also. And it is, it's terrible to hear that. And, but, you were the one to break the news to me. I was sitting here. We were getting ready to do a podcast, me and Kirby, and I didn't believe the text. I clicked on a link. It didn't work, so I was like, hey, it's fake. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you were the first one to tell me. So uh, just, you know, you're, you're yeah, so into basketball, in so just your thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah it was, it was in, I was in, you know, out there at the race, and we were outside, um, and uh, somebody – came up to me and held their phone at me. I can't remember if it was Tommy Hines or, and it had that headline from TMZ. And I was like, Oh no way. This isn't true. Mm-hmm. So I, then I look it up. I do the same thing you did. I look it up by TMZ. I click on it. The link wasn't working. And I'm like, I go, you know, I, it's kind of rare that you would get a TMZ. Yeah. They're right. usually pretty, they're usually pretty accurate. And I'm looking a little more and, and I, I'm like, I think this is true. I sent it to you, and you know, you did the same thing. You're like, God, this can't be true, right? Right, right away. I think like sometimes you just don't think that people like these celebrities die that many accidental deaths. You know, Um, I guess it was just I totally didn't expect it. It just, and I guess that's what happens, right? Yeah, it's just a lot of these things are unexpected, but. for somebody like that, and I guess the first thing I thought was, I was like, oh, man, who is he with, right? That's the question. Yeah, is, absolutely. You know, who, who all is he with? And that then they start, thing. it's like, a, uh, it's like his daughter's with him. And then you're like, oh, man. And it's like, then you start thinking of how, you know, any type of an aircraft goes down, 
it's got to be one of the i'm sure it's one of the most frightening things you can be a part of right Mm -hmm. that or sinking you know yeah either one of those two have to be the worst one of the the worst i mean i fly all the time i think about that you know it's just like but when you go you just say well nothing you can do yep you just gotta you know if you're gonna do this this is what you gotta deal with but anyway um yeah, I mean it's it, it is tough because the guy has had a good life, but to forty one, probably better than any most better than just about anybody else out there, but um you just feel bad for everybody right in that situation. And then it's not just it sucks because right away the the reason the story it's a story is because it's a famous person. Yeah. Um and then that then that becomes kind of a story, a sub story is, you know, people are like, well, why is his life any more important than? It? And it's not, but um, since these guys are famous, they've had the opportunity to. Uh, the reason it's a story is because they've, one way or another, they touch all these people, um, with what they're able to do. Not that their life's any more important, but they were able to entertain a a larger group of people. Mm. That's why it's a story. Um, and I mean, then in the fact that we we're in California it was even a bigger deal because you know we're probably only forty minutes from L.A. and uh, people were going nuts. Uh, yeah, they're having a real having a real difficult time with it. That's going to be a huge adjustment. Um, you know, you you just don't know. You know, to me, I'm kind of into the. You know, it's like you want to see the you. It's like you don't want to see the video, but then it's like I want to see the video because I want to see what happened. Right. Like you're like, let me see what like what broke, what happened, what like what went wrong. Like that's kind of what you want to know. You know, you know the. Um, you know, you know the uh, the crappy part about the, all the people. You know, what are the eight, eight or nine people? Mm-hmm. But you know that. But it's like what you want to know is kind of what wrong. What what went wrong? Yeah, and they didn't have a black box in that. Uh, it wasn't required, so it's going to be tough to really know the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think something happened to the pilot, like a heart attack. Which, it's going to be hard for them to figure that out, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they said he was an experienced pilot. He's been on that route plenty of times. Uh, even though it was foggy, I think. I, it just seems like something happened because it went, the way it went down, it didn't run into the side of a mountain. It just went right down into the ground. Mm-hmm. At like 180 miles per hour, they said, straight down. That just seems like something happened to the pilot. And I don't think you can easily crawl up to the front and... You know, who's going to fly the thing? Nobody knows how to fly. It was no co-pilot. So. Yeah. And then that puts you in like even a. Yeah. So. Uh, more, a more panicky position. So I just, it's terrible. It was a terrible story. Then you hear his daughter was involved and, and then um, the other families, you know, mother and father and daughters. It's like, wow, it's terrible. I was really sad about it, but Yeah. Yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's so. gonna be a it's gonna be a tough adjustment. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, obviously it's not going to kind of speeds up some certain things, you know, yeah. like all of a sudden, you know, he'll probably get his, you know, statues out in front of Staples Center sooner than he would have if he had been alive. And um, so it'll speed up a lot of those retirement than anything. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame yet because it hasn't been five years, right? Or has it been? So uh, there's talks that he's going in right away, though. So. Yeah, I mean, as soon as the five years is up, it has to be five years, and then... Yeah, first so, ballot. He'll be yeah. first ballot. So, sure. Yeah, so he'll be a Hall of Famer, but now, you know, then you're going to get to that point, and he can't even be there. So yeah, now you're going to have, you know, his the rest of his family, and <clears throat> of course that's going to be just a little bit emotional, right? Yeah, yep. But, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I wasn't really a big fan of Kobe as a player um, because I felt like he was kind of like the copy of the Michael Jordan. Um, So to me, that's why I wasn't really a big fan. But but I did like watching (laughs) because he he put on a show. He was very Jordan-like. That's what it was good about. That's what people liked about him. I could send you some Um, links that I've been watching on Facebook of highlights that people have been putting up. And just, man, you forget about some of those games. And that's, you know, mid-2000s, I said this on a podcast, I think that's when I, when I was watching him play, and I'm like, this is the greatest Laker I've ever seen. I, that's you know, saying a lot, because you've yeah. seen, you know, you obviously weren't back in the Wilt Chamberlain, no, uh, but, Jerry, Jerry West days, but you saw the other guys that yeah. are considered the best, and to say that is quite a bit. I didn't think anybody would pass Magic, and then I'm watching him, and I'm like, wow. So... Yeah, I mean, he's just another another guy that um, some guys have the physical ability, some people have the mental ability, and some people have the drive. But it's a very rare to have it all in one person, and those are the people that are always the best. Yep. So, and he was one of those guys that had obviously had all that. And the only part that I think is to me. Um, that I felt like he should have been much smarter about given all the people he had around him was how lucky he had it in LA at first with Shaq. Mm -hmm. The fact that they got in that whole disagreement and essentially it ended up being where Shaq kind of got traded to Miami. I would have thought that given all the mentors, the experiences that were there, they would have said, all right, for the better of everything, let's keep this rolling because there's going to be impossible to ever put this back together. Yeah, especially with Phil Jackson there. You think they could have kept that together? Yeah, like the mentors these guys had are the best in the business. (laughs) It was unreal. I mean, yeah, and and you still can't get over whose team is it. It's like, come on. It's like the – to me, that – that's the part that really bothers me yeah. about that whole thing is that they couldn't say you couldn't just say look this is going pretty well um and and phil could have said to me phil could have been like you know as Shaq gets a little older we'll transition the team so this is more yep. your team but <clears throat> while while he is in this type of 
position, it's going to be his team. So, But let's let the transition happen, and then we'll ride it on the other side. And we'll keep plugging in the pieces. You know, they probably could have. Just like the Patriots are doing. <sighs> but. Yeah. You know, they probably could have won six or seven titles. Um, I, I think that was realistic. Um, anything more than that. Oh, man, you could have a lot of shit go your way. Yeah, even Kobe said that in an interview I just recently watched. He was like, people think we could have won 10, but he's like, you know, he was even that's saying, assuming. like, that's too hard to do. You're assuming yeah. so much when you say stuff like that, and even when they say the Bulls could have won 8 or 9. But it's like that's assuming a lot, too, because you're assuming all these guys are going to be healthy. Yeah. How often do these guys get injured? That's a lot. And you can't control that. It's like Kevin Durant. The guy's out for a whole year. Um, you got Steph Curry. He's out. You got Clay Thompson. He's out. It's like all these guys. It's like, <clears throat> you know, a year ago we were saying Golden State was you know unbeatable. And now yeah. it's like they're they're last in the West. It's unreal. So it's like, you know, you can't. Nah, you, you, can't you gotta be you gotta so. be happy with what you get. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like if you're getting five or six, it's like Pat Riley. You know, it's like it's like that in anything. You guys racing and, you know, stuff like that, too. Yeah, you got to, you know, it's like, sure, you want to win every race, but at the end of the day, it's like, you got to be pretty happy when you are winning something because there's people that don't win anything. Mm -hmm. Not one thing. (laughs) (laughs) That would be me. So anyway, INS 10, you're heading out this weekend, right? Yeah, tomorrow we're going to head out over to actually one of our favorite places to visit in St. Louis, it's actually St. Charles, Missouri, but we fly into St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, got a sold-out event. I think we got 330 entries. Um, we got Dakota Fenn racing for us this year, of course, and he's coming to the race for the first time. He actually just texted me while we were talking, asking what a couple things that uh, we wanted to bring. Um which is nice. It's been kind of nice working with him a little bit the first couple races of the year, seeing how he kind of approaches and does things compared to the other guys and try to blend mm-hmm. in, blend in with him a little. Uh, it's, Snowbirds was over the weekend, too. So did we uh, have anybody there running that? No. Okay. <laughs> did you guys I, I go at all? Mostly, no, Paul stopped by. Okay. I, I heard Trinity did well there. Yeah. Uh, they they kind of dominated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know that they won the mod classes, but, um, you know, they do well everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, they got a, one of the x-ray guys came in, I think, and dominated uh, the mod classes. But uh, they had a good turnout. Uh, I want to say they had like, you know, between the two, 300 plus in each side, oval and root course. So they got like six or 700 entries still. Yeah. Which, you know, we talked earlier about the 3D race and maintaining that level of an event. And, uh, you know, they've been able to keep that entry count at the Snowbirds pretty consistent over the yeah. years. You got, got to give them credit for that. It's Absolutely. definitely not easy. It's not easy to start a big event and maintain it and keep those entries coming. And there's a reason why people come back, I guess, to keep going to it. They like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, best of luck out in, uh, at the uh, nationals. Uh, 
what is this called now? INS 10, what? Indoor Nationals Series. <laughs> yep. We actually, yeah, okay. the, the name of the whole series, Indoor National Series. And right. then each, each race, we got the winter, spring, summer, yeah. and fall. I didn't get my uh, I didn't get my INS ten shirt. Hmm. Okay, actually they're not done yet. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> I then. think we're shipping them <laughs> straight there. <laughs> that explains it. All right, cool. You know what? It is hard because you get into November and December of the year, and you're already you know you still got we still got races we're doing stuff you're coming off of, and you're already starting to prepare for the next year. Yeah. Um, and it really is a tough turnaround to get into January and February because uh, it, it just happens so quick. Yeah, that's short. Yeah, you, know, you do you do Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. There's a birthday in there, and it's like boom, you're into 2020, and it's like oh man, we got all this stuff starting again. And yeah, uh, <clears throat> it's a quick turnaround. All new stuff. To, you got to design everything all over again. New flyers, new logos, new T-shirts, new you know, de-race dates, and um, confirm with people. And it's it's a mess, kind of getting going. Damn. So best of luck to everybody going out to that race. Yep. Kick some ass, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. See what the hell happened. What Absolutely. the results were. We're pumping some episodes then, out, man. So we're still going. Is this O two? This is O uh, three. That's right, because you and Kirby did the episode. Well, I didn't count those, so I have them up there. Oh, but I, I, nah, I didn't count them as an episode. But okay, for you guys, so it's a little unfair. The one episode I did was only like twenty minutes long. So I just throw them in there under the, chaos or whatever. The the good the the show we still have coming that we that I actually pre arrange the questions for we're, we're trying to we're going to get curtis husting on the show oh right absolutely and uh, i actually talked to him twice at the reedy race and okay um, he already has the questions and good deal uh, yeah he, he's gonna be in nice that should be awesome so, yeah i mean just the yeah all the things that experiences he have that's gonna be cool yeah all right safe travels out there man and then uh We'll catch you listeners on 204 next week.